I stand firmly in the fact that I'm one of the best to ever do this for the culture, for my coast, and for my city. This is the best rapper in LA podcast. 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 And I'm your host, Merce. 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 What up, though? What up, though? All right, episode 21. I don't know uh, when this is dropping. Hopefully the world is still in one piece. <sighs> so I hate about getting too far ahead, but when you get four boys, you kind of got to do do it when you can. Get it in. I'm going to start with BTS. For my money, so hard for the money. Every time I get a little, I go spend it like a dummy. If my money was an NBA team and I was dean head coach of the squad, I'd be Jeff Van Gundy, wasting all of my funding. My wallet stays hungry, mad like poo with the pot and no honey. Money wouldn't be funny if I stuck to my budget, but my motto is fuck it. Buy now, cry later, hoping that everything works out in my favor. I keep my receipt, should I seek a release from this contract of commerce? Speaking of which, I'm the most at ease when I spit in my grip. This was a special song to me because it was. I believe the first solo Sunspot track I got. Mystic Journeyman is one of my favorite rap groups. One of the most important rap groups in my life. Two men who really uh, did a lot for me at a time when I needed, gave me a, a, a opportunity, huge opportunities. But whatever the reason, I wasn't dope enough. We didn't have time, whatever. Sunspot gave me a beat early on for Full Metal Merce, a song that never got done, will never get done, but it was idea. But that was my one beat that he gave me, and I never put it out, so maybe that's why he never gave me another beat. But when I got an album, the main producer from Living Legends I wanted on it was Sunspot. If I can criticize anything over the years, is about Living Legends looking outward for production when I believe Eli Grouch, Sunspot, Picasso are enough to make an album dope. I don't think we need any... And occasional, it's funny because the song after this produced by Ant and Sunspot's doing hook and Ant. I feel like that, though, those living legends out, we don't need Mad Lib, we don't need Ninth Wonder, we don't need uh, anyone. But uh, that's just my two cents. Not that we don't do dope over other people's beats, but I always thought we should just keep it in the circle because we have dope producers in house. Um, but yeah, you can look at these hands and getting Grouch to do a beat for these hands is impossible. Um, not, not, you know, you can see also it's not a beef thing. It just is what it is. Man, oh man, a La Mancha. All right. That's a line from a movie called Snow Day. It was last night's record snowfall taking everyone by surprise. It seems the entire area has ground to a halt. Roads are blocked. Businesses are shut down. And listen carefully, schools are officially closed for a snow day. Which LP ridiculed me for for years or made fun of me. Inside joke, because I, I kept it. it. That's one of my favorite movies. I kept it on DVD. He looked at my DVDs and be like, what in the fuck? And then he ended up doing, uh, I think it's, uh, I forget the name of the graffiti movie, but the guy, the star of Snow Day is the, the guy who made that film. And so he called me like, yo, you'll never believe who I'm working with and doing a score for scoring this film for. A graffiti writer never expects to get caught, just like a cop never expects to get shot. 
he's like, he doesn't believe that. I think he told him that he doesn't believe that you uh you are a huge fan still. I don't believe that. I haven't seen the remake. Like, I, and that's me and L differ a lot of things. Like, L thinks that they're screwing with our childhood. They're taking it, exploiting our childhood and, and, and toying with our nostalgia for profit. These corporations with the Star Wars and all the remakes. I'm cool with all of it. Give it to me. Like, big BTS, big, I'm going to buy that shit. Snow Day is where I draw the line. I have not seen a Snow Day remake. I will not. I don't think I can, bro. That movie means too much to me. And yes, I was too old to be such a huge fan of a Nickelodeon film. That's neither here nor there. I don't receive your judgment. BTS, crew started by T.S. Tom Slick from the Law Cabin. I am not to be toyed with, boy. My strategy is decoyed with a friendly hand extended towards the enemy. Inner energy glows red. The mass will pass some abracadabra, cadaver stacked in my shed. No ass people, body hands, bent feet, and voice. This is for my long stockade, my cabin boys. And all affiliates call a place to the rifle shots. One of my favorite rappers, we talked about Tajay and like me admiring his fashion since this T.S. Tom Slick was the coolest motherfucker I had ever met. Um, him or Log Cabin in general, but Universal's Radio Inactive, Malik and and Tom Slick, TS. TS and Malik, we talk about my 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 dreads now are the style that Malik used to wear in high school. I thought he was he the coolest dude. And and Jer him and Jeremy were the the coolest. Him and TS were the coolest dudes. Jeremy had a car, a blue Nova, uh was so cool about it. Of course, I'm a kid, he had been to jail, he was cool, he could fight, he was cool. He may have had a burner back then. Like, all the things, like, he had all the newest pagers. Cute girls liked him. He's, like, mixed kid. Definitely white presenting, but mixed kid. He lived in the hood. His mom was amazing. He had Sega CD. He had Samurai Showdown. He had Toe Jam and Earl. <laughs> He had great weed. <laughs> he had the box, the the video music box. He would let me call and request videos, and then we would put when Running by Farside came out and Goody Mob Cell Therapy. I just put the speaker of the tape deck to the TV speaker and recorded the song. That's how I listened to those songs. We could go to his house and he had the Raekwon CD with the bonus track because I didn't have a CD player. He used to work at the Beverly Center. These are all things that made him extremely cool. He gave me the halftime speech. Because as soon as I got money, I went to Beat Nonstop for the first Log Cabin show and I purchased an Echo Unlimited t-shirt when it was E-C-K-O Unlimited and it came with a cassette. I believe the t-shirt at that time was $25, which was expensive as fuck. BTS, 
I got my tape. It was a lyricist lounge tape. Shout out to Mark Echo. I'm with Backdoor Productions, no discussion. Oh, Trice be the sound that's rushing your eardrums. Pump it up if you feeling them. This is hip-hop, pure adrenaline. I'm a winner. I step on the scene. Start the I was such a fan of him. Like, he had little... He couldn't afford full-page ads in the source. He had little, a little, like, third of a page column of an ad. And I saw the art, and it had... It said it came with a lyricist lounge tape. I said, oh, my fucking God. I need to buy these this brand. I'm sorry, ECH, not EKO, and it's ECH, because the e, the CK is when I stopped wearing it, of course. The ECHO, Echo Unlimited. I remember there was a, a the ASR, the Action Sports Trade Show, and they had the 432 SF or 432F Street thing for, for clothing. I was an intern in a magazine. I was 15 years old. At the back of the Action Sports Show, walking the floor, I found Mark Echo's booth. He had a booth. We had like two or three t-shirts on the wall and the tapes. I thought he was a cool, seeing Mark Echo in real life, I was like, oh my God. It was a moment. And he had had, like I said, he had three t-shirts out. So when I got money, I bought this shirt for our first show so I could be look fresh on stage. And TS gives a speech because we last week talked about me battling people and wanting to kill me and beat me up. That had happened again and someone was going to show up to the show and they were going to shoot us and kill us on stage and I'm scared as fuck. And TS is like, everybody's quiet and sullen backstage. And he's like, grabs the mic and starts going on stage. Well, if I die, at least I'm going to die with a mic in my hand. Man, I plan to die with a mic in my hand. It's like, bending all hope, yeah, bending all hope. But I was like, yes. Because I had on my new thrift store. I got these Army Surplus Thrift Store pants that were like 20 bucks. And it's, I have a $45 outfit on and some, the $100 Timberlands. I don't know how I flipped that. I don't remember if I bought them or stole them. I don't remember. But I was dipped. I was like, oh my God, I got a fucking haircut. I got an Echo Unlimited shirt on. I got some fucking Army Surplus fatigue pants on. I, I feel like I'm in the boot camp clique. I'm with my clique. We're going to rap and we might die, but it's okay because I'm dying with the mic in my hand. Hip hop, I'm 16 years old. Maybe 17, but I think I'm 16 years old. But he gives me that speech. He started to crew BTS. He was teaching me how to write. He did a whole alphabet for me. Uh, so I could copy his hand style. He was a uh, great visual artist. I forgot about the amazing visual artist. He's done multiple covers. He did the alternative, the current cover of Good Music. He did that. Just tremendous talent. Great human being. He started, uh, We were our graffiti crew was going to be BTS, big time swamis. Him and Eli can draw like nobody's business. Their visual art is amazing. I was just along for the ride. Uh, we smoked BDs a lot. He always, oh yeah, he loved BDs and he had a car to go get BDs and he knew all the BD spots in LA to buy BDs and he was old enough. When I got sweated, he could always get us BDs. And when it came to the lock cabin, it was me, him, and I think Radio Inactive that the only ones gainfully employed or me hustling enough to put in money for these sessions. If anyone ever wonders what happened to lock cabin, that's what happened. The French guy we were recording with wasn't getting his money, so he kept all the masters. The album never came out. There's not a lock cabin album out. We never put it out. I had marketing ideas. I helped pay for the stickers. I helped establish a hotline for us. All that, because I was like more A&R than I was a rapper. I was not the best rapper in Log Cabin, not the best rapper in Living Legends, but I had ideas about marketing. BTS, big time spenders, big time swamis, buy that shit, better tell somebody. That's how it started. And then we were always into 
fly shit. Like he, like, and different shit. Like he was in the drum and bass. We got into grime together. He became my DJ. We would go shopping. We getting good, like, salvage denim. Like he taught me about denim and, uh, you know, just he had one of the big art books. Like he was into f- the finer things in life. PG Tips imported black tea, American spirit cigarettes, vintage cars. He rebuilt a Mustang. Like this is, he's, he's a guy. He's the coolest guy. One of the coolest guys I ever met in my life. One of my favorite rappers. He, so we started this crew and just, you know, fuck it. I buy that shit. First verse, I talk about something, something in the state of commerce. Speaking of which, I thought that was clever. I still think that's clever. Commerce. Speaking of which, I'm the most at ease when I'm spinning my grip. Booyah, poom pow, surprise. I keep my receipt. Should I seek a release from this contract of commerce? Speaking of which, I'm the most at ease when I'm spinning my grip. But don't trip. I'm a retail slut, stimulating the economy so I can get fucked. When I go out shopping, I go for broke. I mean, literally, there is no hope. Cause I'm a big time spender. Let me buy that shit. Put it in the bag soon as I eye that shit. My pocket's so broke, I'm about to cry and shit. But do you think I care? It comes slow and goes fast. I'm a big Just time spender. Let me buy that shit. Put it in the bag soon as I eye that shit. My um, the chorus, I finally got to incorporate some E-40 influence. Put it in a bag. Never mind how much it costs. Put it in a bag. That's from a song called Trump Change um, on the Element of Surprise, which is still probably one of my favorite albums. Guzzle sips and guzzle nonstop. More candy than seeds, crocolates, flamboes and brag. Go on shopping sprees and act bad. Never mind how much it costs. Put it in the bag. Bought a brand new jack without looking at the price tag. The best double album ever made in hip-hop history, and you know how much I love Tupac, but Element of Surprise, best double album ever made in hip-hop history. Um, sorry, Wu-Tang. Sorry, Tupac. Sorry, Biggie. I love and respect all of you, but that's the top five. Oh, but Element of Surprise. So I've been playing that for years. And uh, to incorporate Trump change, uh, he says that on there. So I was like, cool. Second verse, April 23rd, 2002. Around midnight, where were you? April 23rd, 2002, huh? around midnight, huh. where were you? Me, I was out for them episode two Star Wars action figures. Wait, back up, my nigga, you can't mean toys. Hell yeah, fool me and a hundred white boys. We was waiting in line, some buy to collect, some to sell online. Man, hold up, you can't rhyme line with line. Man, that's not the point, I spent 200 plus before I even left the joint. If my mama only knew, I was out dropping notes when I owe her a few. My ass would be through, you wouldn't be hearing this song today. Can you say, buy remorse now i'm praying that my cd selling out in the stores because i hate being poor i may have dropped a couple hundred but i'm one with the force and i'm a big time spender let me buy that shit i was lined up in tucson outside of toys r us waiting to buy toys from the worst up until the last jedi star wars movie ever made and I haven't rewatched them to to decide, but I am still very mad about episode eight, so I can't even try to watch it again. It's the only Star Wars movie that I haven't seen twice because it angers me to the story. Nerds are irrational. And being that I have this violent, aggressive streak, my nerd irrational anger mixed with my inner fake crip anger doesn't doesn't like i've said outlandish things about the man who directed that film 
I don't need to be that angry about anything that is not actually affecting my day-to-day life, so I don't watch it. I treat it the same way. Like, I've never seen the color purple. I can't watch Roots. I get angry about things, and it, and it affects me for days, and it's just not a good place for me to be because real things can happen, and then I can go off. That's happening where I'm mad about something completely un- not real but very angry, and then something else happens in that. You know, and I have kids. I can't be walking around angry about Star Wars, but I will get mad inside of my physical frame watching episode eight. Something inside me has always been there. But now it's awake. So I've I've only seen it once. I'm gonna have to watch it at some point. One of my children may be afflicted with the Star Wars Star Wars gene. Uh, I think we have a, a, at least one, and we'll watch it. And hopefully by then I'm 60 and I'm a little more calm. But oh man, being in line for those toys, not knowing the shit show that Episode Two is about to be. Excited because I know there's some type of African-American something involved in Jar Jar Binks, so I'm, I'm trying to stay faithful. Shout out to Ahmed Best and all that he had to endure unjustly because of that character. Mr. God Jar Jar Binks, Mr. Your Humble Servant. That won't be necessary. Oh, but it is. It is demanded by the gods, it is. It's embarrassing. But, uh... My friend might have been banished. We just thought we were getting, like, we had got the kid shit out of the way. Like, we're getting Anakin. Like, this shit is about to be fire. Okay? I can't describe to you a bunch of Gen Xers waiting, Gen X nerds waiting for episode two. Like, we thought that pod racing was the worst that, that could happen. We foolishly thought that that was the worst that could happen. Oh, were we ever wrong? But oh, did I have rap money and buy every fucking thing? The little, they had these little, I forgot what they called, some type of chips, and they had every chip had a player. And oh man, and they had like toys for characters that we thought were about to be huge and didn't even really play a part in episode two. Oh man, I wish I could remember. I had battle droids, I had all the vehicles, I bought every one of everything. They opened the door and motherfuckers went crazy, but I had rap money. So I was copping everything. There was no, I had no limit. I was a no limit soldier. Uh. I was the colonel of the motherfucking tank. King of nerds. If I could go back now. Oh, that's what it was. Mace. Fucking Windu at the shrine where the LA comic book convention used to take place. I paid an obscene amount of money for the small uh, box figure. I still hope I still have it. The first Mace Windu actor, the first rendition of Mace Windu ever in plastic. I had that. Motherfucker. That was it. <laughs> Master Windu, how pleasant of you to join us. This party's over. 
pray, but uh, foolish, my old Jedi friend. You're impossibly outnumbered. I don't think so. I didn't need to focus on the romance of Anakin and Padme. I needed that. But th- this is how God works. The costumes are amazing. The costumes was my wife's entry when they had the one. If you have, if you haven't seen the Star Wars costume exhibit as it tours art galleries or whatever it does, go see it. If you have a woman in your life that's into fashion or clothes, take her. That will get her into Star Wars. It got my wife into Star Wars, and she and she was able to now have seen all the movies, but she had never seen a Star Wars movie in her life as a twenty-something-year-old immigrant to America. It's understandable, but still not forgivable. And I wasn't about to get married to someone who hadn't seen Star Wars. So, not to add price to it. Yes, I would have still probably. No. Uh, she was kind enough to go see that. She found that. We went to that. And from there, she was in. But the, the costumes in episode two are exceptional. So that is the only redeeming quality I could find now of episode two. I'll let that go. Hold on, you can't rhyme line with line, I say in there. Um, This is before everyday hustling. I still, when Rick Ross says, I know Noriega, the real Noriega. I I argue with so many people, like, how is is this a bar? I get the beat is dope. I get the, the hook is dope. But this guy, what is he talking about? You know, this is also before he had established his whole vibe. Like, he established a whole universe around, like, the MMG-verse. Brilliant. Now I, I get it. I get it. But originally, I was like, y'all letting him get away with some weak bars. But it's an aesthetic. It's a, you know, and I don't like to openly criticize other rappers. Do your thing. My favorite Rick Ross song is not a Rick Ross song. It's uh, Rick Ross and a Wingstop by JB. Making money ain't optional. Trying to keep money is an obstacle Used to think making millions was impossible A lot of niggas got millions and they flossing them Want me to think they banking from getting shows Most of these niggas probably pimping hoes or selling dope Living at her broken, make you sell your soul The devil got a scroll and he taking roll Seen jail once, I'm dodging street cops My homie got knocked for his weed spot Never seen Rick Ross inside a wing stop If I did, I'm probably rapping in that wing stop We say praise God, thank God, God bless God damn, who gon' say they God next? God body in the flesh, so we got less 300 AD, ain't no gods left I still think one of my favorite JB songs, just one of my favorite rap songs and definitely indie rap songs. Yeah. The third verse, I mentioned Slauson, the Slauson swap meet. When that check comes, I hit the swap meet and I buy some new Jordans. I'm off in that Slauson, tricking off my chips on bootleg movies and brand new kicks. I'm scandalous, but I just can't help it. Call me what you want, just don't call me selfish. Always think of others' moms and my little brother. It's the thought that counts, so I keep them in mind. As long as they stay out of my pockets, that's fine. Ask for my girl shit, what can I say? Bought her a rice cooker and some lingerie. I know it's for my benefit, but that's how it is. When you big time spend it, let me buy that shit. Put it in the back soon as I Still believe I was one of the first backpack rappers or whatever you want to call me to mention Sloss and Swap Meat and the platinum food like Sloss and Swap Meat. As I became an adult with my own money, it became a huge part of my life. 
and my own some type of own type of transportation, like pulling up, getting my Cadillac washed while I go in and detail while I go in and shop for shit to go out on and for a night on the town or to take back to Tucson, like going on tour, just buying all the underwear and shirts, socks I need and man, buying music before it drops, bootleg movies, like like at the beginning of Players Ball, L Dogs, nothing but them lacks. A black man's heaven. Like this, until I got to the body tap in Atlanta, Georgia, where they had fire hot wings, bootleg movies, bootleg porn DVDs, a barber shop, a barber and a PlayStation, loud rap music, naked women at a pool table, and Hennessy all in the same spot. And, and you can smoke cigarettes inside. That was, I, and then I understood the, the outcast and L dogs, so nothing but them lax. So like that shit. At that time in my life, there was not a. When I got to Atlanta, I would go to skip, try to skip sound check or go to sound check, go there, go to sound check, come back there, then go back to the show, then go back there. Like that's where I wanted to live as much as my sinful body could. God forgive me. Name your son Jesus. Amen. Woo. Buying my wife, my girlfriend, a rice cooker and some lingerie. Uh, yeah, so back before I understood giving gifts to people that were, <laughs> I did understand it, but I still that, that was a, that was a literal thing. But the, not buying my my like when I first got it, when I was had money enough to buy Jordans, I bought the Jordan Thirteens, and they were the first blue Jordans, so the first Jordans I would want to buy. I bought my brother a pair, and my and me a pair. That was the first time I had real rap money to buy something frivolous from Nike Town on Wilshire. Um, before there was like huge lines for everything. There was a little lines for Jordans when they dropped, but I was able to get two pair to, you know, they, uh, as soon as the doors open, not a super long line, pay cash, gifted my brother Jordans. Um, we're single mother. We're not getting a lot of Jordans in that house. My brother did get Jordans a couple of times, my grandmother. And, you know, like also I, I didn't, I was wearing thrift store shit though. Like those are the first pair of nice, nice shoes. Like I don't say, I don't, I don't know how I got the Timberlands, well, maybe that was around the same time, but I don't know. That was, I wasn't having rap money in the 90s. I don't know how I got that. Maybe I was up up in my weed hustle. But when the Jordan 13s dropped, those were the first ones. I was like, okay. And then I was able to buy my mom a big screen TV. Always able to like spoil my brothers with Jordans every Christmas thereafter for, for many years until um, I started to have kids. Like I was able to do things like that. So that was stretching and definitely calling L for more money never happened. Um, just going out on a limb. Um, I don't think I owed my mom any money because I wouldn't do that to her. But big time spenders definitely comes from her because she, uh, she. that's why I put that part of the song that my mom would kill me. Oh my gosh. If there's a frugal person, my grandfather, my mother, oh, easy money is what my mother likes to call me. And then she, oh my gosh, the last of the big time spenders. You know, it could be used as an insult. Like, you know, black people say, oh, you better than me. And they don't mean that you're actually better than them. Like last of the big, like if I if you do something cheap, 
Like, oh, like when people would not have, you know, good wine. Oh, oh my gosh, Rio Needy, the last of the big time spenders. You know, Rio Needy is the cheap wine guys from the 80s. Uh, well, you know, well, wonders never cease. The last of the big time spenders. Or if I would buy something, it's like, oh, okay, big time spender. Look at you. Uh-huh. Don't come asking me for no money now that you got that whatever, whatever, whatever you got. All them records you bring in the house. Look at this big time. Okay, big time spender. That was my mom. Um, definitely coming through. My grandfather as well, like very uh frugal. Your dollars are your only friends or your best friend. Sometimes, depending on the day you catch my grandfather, dollars are only friend or your best friend. And anytime he doesn't care how many records I sell, he cares about how much money I make. That, that he doesn't. He I could get a Grammy. How much? How much? How much is it? How much is how? I bet you how much is the Grammy worth? Or how many records did you sell? How much money did you make off of each record? He would get into the business with more. If you buy the CDs for this much, what did you go? Yeah. Money is very important. That's another reason this song was uh, freeing, liberating. I don't have the same relationship per se with money as my family. But because of them, I'm a better businessman in some aspects than a lot of my contemporaries. That is BTS. Almost a whole episode on BTS. See, we could just go on like this forever. I forgot to mention about BTS, Beat by Sunspot Jones. If you gave me a beat tape, I asked for some beats. I might have just went to his apartment. If I was, I don't know if I was allowed in after I shit on his floor. I think this is like, it's it's died down a bit. It's been a couple years. Listen to beats. I picked this one. And BTS is a song that I never intended on writing. I heard that I'm a beat dun, 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 by that shit. That just, it just came to me instantly. There's certain songs, Colossus, uh, Hustle, where the hook just comes to me. Like this is, I'm finally at the point where music is. I'm listening to the beat before I come up with the concept. I didn't write a rhyme and try to find a beat for it. I'm letting the music speak to me. Which leads perfectly into 18 with the bullet remix. See, my life is like a song. I just don't know the words. So as I try to hum along, people say that I'm disturbed. Staring, call me a loon. Say I'm singing out of tune. But my music's got direction. So I know what I'm doing. Don't know where I'm going. But I gotta keep moving. Even if my next step is obscured by the present. Gotta find the next rung on the stairway to heaven. Walking as an MC. Or do I dare say a reverence? Spreading love through this music is the gospel of a legend. All I ask is the open ear and mind of my brethren. For the purpose of the sessions make the troubles fade away lay back and relax and let this music make your day it takes about as much effort as it took to make this place so go ahead and close your eyes let your mind fade your greatest even rhythm to your dreams so you can't run away there's a song in every heart so please believe me when i say this beat is by ant and when I heard it, I wanted to do something melodic to the dun, 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 let the music dictate the hook, just like I did on BTS. I was I was getting to that point where I was hearing the music. Like I work hard, that burn, 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 like that made that hook in my head. I had no, I, I didn't come in with the concept. Letting the music speak to you. I'm doing something with my um, a family friend and life coach and. She was telling me that 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 like when I hear you rap, like I feel like you're compelled, like y- yeah, and it's a compulsion if you let like the music will compel you, and sometimes it leads me the wrong way. I will I will not lie to you, 
People are like, why did you make that? Like, that's what the music said. I just feel like if you close that door, I may have said this here before, but if you close that door, it blocks the process. The muse doesn't visit. Like, you got to always let her it through. You know what I mean? Let it flow through. And sometimes it's going to be some bullshit, but it if you close it, you'll never, you can never tell when it's, because it, it's all going to feel great coming through you because you're in, divinely inspired. So it feels great but you don't know if it's the one, you know what I mean? It's like, it's like any type of creation. Like when you're having sex, if you're doing it right, it feels great every time, but not every time are you going to make a baby. With me, that's almost every time with my wife, but not every time is going to be a hit, but you don't not have sex with your partner because you're not going to get to that one magical time. Or even if you don't have a kid, you're not going to get to that orgasm if you don't keep practicing. And you're just, you know, every time, one of your partner, you or your partner is excited, you're like, ah, not today, not today. That, that's discouraging. And you don't want to discourage the muse like that the, or the energy, however you see it. You want to let it flow through. So you're going to have some bad, bad sex or some sex that doesn't result in the creation of a, of a child or, you know, a beautiful life. So this is, you know, I think BTS it didn't become a hit song, but it is exactly what I wanted. And now I listened to it 20 years ago and I love that I did it. This song could have been delivered a little better, but people really like it and I made it for people. This is a song that I'm talking to people and it's an uplifting song. So when people say, I know people probably say this to other rappers, mainstream rappers, like, oh, your music changed my life. But I feel like, what about rapping about his Bentley changed your life? Or what about him selling crack and him getting head from his best friend's girlfriend or whatever? What about getting head in the club or shake it fast, watch yourself change your life? Shake your ass, watch yourself. Shake your ass, show me what you're working for. But I feel like when people say it to me or to Atmosphere or to Grouch or to Eli or to Sage Francis or to uh, Jack from Psycho Realm, like they really mean it because we're making music that really touches people that you can listen to and learn or hear or feel something. So the people who come up to me and said that song means something to them is everything. Why is the name 18 with a Bullet a remix? There's a song called 18 with a Bullet. They played on an Art LeBeau show. When I was living in Tucson, rode around with the homie Saul, like we would listen to Art LeBeau and I found so many great songs. And I think it's on East Side Stories. I don't want to be, uh, you know, uh, too on the nose, but I think it's volume 18. I'm 18 with a bullet. Got my finger on the trigger. Eighteen with the bullet is a song. Um, beautiful, beautiful. I love songs with falsetto. Is the whole song is a metaphor for like be my A side, baby. Be B side me. That's just a double entendre right there. Be my A side, be B side me. Be my B side, but also be beside me. Whoo! Right now, right now we're single, but pretty soon you'll see we'll have a hit. First time as I was talking about creation. It won't be long, you're fine. We're raising a whole LP. Come on, bro. What? Like the metaphor, like I didn't, I had never really experienced like 
oldies with lyrics like that. Like, oh, I thought I was like, oh, everybody's saying crying about the girlfriend, blah, blah. You listen to Art LeBeau because the music, it sounds good while you're smoking a cigarette or drinking and eating good and you're with your family and you're with your old lady and it feels good. And then you, and you listen to laugh at the shout outs because they're hilarious. And it's not hilarious that people are writing to their loved ones locked up. But sometimes it does get funny with like, you know, the names and shy girl and whisper and, you know, like, oh, I'm going to stay down for you. And But, but having a white, ma- older, like a 70-year-old white man read it and then give it a kiss at the end, bro, this, God bless Art LeBeau, man. It was entertainment on so many levels, but all to me so heartfelt and communal. Like, it helped, that's one of those things when I moved to Tucson, helped me feel like L.A. Um, So, yeah, I wanted to do this 18 with the bullets. So when I heard the music and this came to me, and then this first time I wrote a hook for someone else, I wrote a hook for someone I respected and I love and respect Sunspot for agreeing to sing a hook he didn't write. And I got better at it, but I, I was trying to write a song because I loved his voice and he did the best melodic. Nah, 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 you know, like... Like, that's why I was like, oh, man, this has that vibe. Let me write something for him. So I wrote it. He came to the studio, laid the beat for BTS, and did this off his Akai S950, whatever that. I've seen him make so many, to me, hits. So much important music to me has been made with that machine. So for him to use that machine to make something on my album was amazing. Coming to REL's backyard studio was amazing for me because it was a studio that wasn't in someone's bedroom. Ariel's to this day still he's one of the greatest producer engineers in the world. No shit. Check his check check his wicked wick, Google. Do your Googles. But this is him twenty years ago, becoming who he is now. And even at that point, I was privileged, amazed that Def Jux could take care of this. I could pay my friend, who's really good at nothing's better when your friends are really good at something and you could pay them not what they're worth, but pay them something for their time. It's not just a pure favor. That feels great. And then having Sunspot, someone who is so, I revere and respects and love so much to come to this type of studio. Cause I used to go to, to Matt Kelly studio at Hyde street. And, and I was honored to be in a Sunspot session in a real studio. So to have him come to a studio where I'm footing the bill and where my friend is a great engineer and he's engineering our session and recording him. And he's saying a hook that I wrote over an ant beat. Man, these are the moments. These are the memories. These are worth more than any amount of streams or royalty statements I get from these songs. These are this, and this is what makes the song magic. Ant was kind enough to give me a beat. Like I don't, you know, no, like Sunspot gave me a beat. The only pay, beat I paid for on here was the night before. Shock G gave me a beat. LP gave me a beat. RJ gave me a beat. These are still like who's who of people on my top producer list. And I should think it should be on anyone's. Sunspot may be slept on, but don't. Don't you fucking dare. Depths of survival. Like the shit's not streaming that he, that are some of his classics. But trust me. Fucking trust me. (laughs) 
even when you go to a show, when Angels with Dirty Faces comes on. What? What? How's it go? We are there, are there. I don't care how many new songs there are that people do. And that's why I, that's why I said Living Legends should just keep the production house. Because when Simple Man comes on, like the songs that hit are all the songs that we made. The beats that hit, that people love, are the ones that we made, man. We have so many great producers in our crew, man. Not to say that The Return isn't dope. If you haven't listened to The Return, go listen to The Return by Living Legends. Static Selector. Hey, hey. Busted nuts, I'm out of cheese. Yo, I have to reload. Re-up, re-put, return, re-soak. I know how to bring it back. I know how her cycle flow. Kill it till I will it up. Control it like this microphone. Yeah, man, that was an honor to have him come in and do the hook, humble enough to do a hook I wrote for him. Still sounds like I wrote it, like I wasn't good, it wasn't seamless. Uh, I knew that uh, I did it recently for Cocaine Smoothie on the Merce vs. Miami, or Merce in Miami EP. I don't need a chemical blow. All I need is a chemical bank. Bitch, you better fill in the blank. One of the homies that's really close to to Mayday, like the ultimate Mayday fan, was like, I just love the way Bernie, you know, did the hook. He just, you know, what he wrote is so perfect for the beat. And I was like, I wrote that. I wrote it for Bernie. And that was the talent. Like, that's what I've been trying to hone, that talent. And as I no longer write record raps myself, I may write for other people, but if I can do, only if I could do it right. And I don't know, I'm not pushing that direction now, but that's a way I can see myself contributing to the culture still as far as live recording or recordings. But knowing that, but Bernie is also a good enough rapper Burns from Mayday where he took it and he did it and he put his own spin on it. But when I did it, I wrote it for him and I just laid the reference and knew that he would take my words and do it his way and make it even better. That This is the first time I've ever done it on 18 with the Bullet Remix. is the first time I ever did it on Wax. I still believe that this is before Felt 2, but I could be wrong. Felt 2 might be out. And this is where I, I think Felt 2 is this before Felt 2. Then Felt 2 drops and I'm able to rap over a lot of ant beats. And then Felt 4, a lot of ant beats makes a very happy man about that looking at my nicks and it's about that time to go and save the world from the daily grind speaking of which i kind of hit the oc for a quick session with my skate park ogs oh please this is still mid city want to check my street cred go ahead come get me on the block like mopeds or the threads in your dickies and i broke off the head so brotherly love which was the b-side to risky business 
dedicated to all my little brothers, little homies. Man, you 21 now, and I still can't believe it. Been living on your own, just hard to conceive that you on the right track out pursuing that knowledge. But a few years back, I couldn't see you in college. You was all out gripping, brought a gun in the house. My first thought was to take it, give you one to the mouth. But never that, we've been through way too much. I always try to give you guidance, but not say too much. Tried to lead by example, didn't I have some nerve telling you stay out the street while I was out slanging herb? But I always preferred you do it smarter than me you didn't have to prove nothing being harder than me you helped mom at the cleaner stayed away from misdemeanors i was proud of you then please believe i still am don't let the world get you down throw you off your program life is hard even harder on a young black man if it gets rough blow a blunt and puff some old slow jams know every man with the badges probably a punk but don't ever risk your freedom just to throw one punch let a coward be a coward he has to deal with this past i know these pigs deserve it but give them a pass i know you want to keep it gangster, just do it with class Above all, remember this, no matter how big you get I'm still your big brother and I can always put the ass say a wise man knows nothing, so I know a lot less But I've been where L called this one Once again, speaking louder is the fact that Jesse Shackin, who's work, working on my last album with me Did God's work, did this one on both singles He represented, um, his songs were chosen Not just by me, but by L God's work was a, I think it was a A, a B B a double A side for God's work and Def Cover, and it was definitely the B side to Risky Business because we shot the video for Risky Business. But out of eighteen songs, his two songs, both the songs he produced on this album were the ones chosen to be on Wax, which I started DJing with him, recorded some of my first songs that we've been making music together, creating together since we were fifteen. That's why he's doing the last record for multiple reasons, but um, he's the reason I know Ariel. Uh, making a song about my, I got the beat from him and, you know, I let the music speak, but he also knows my brother and has been to my house and, you know, knows kind of our um, relationship and struggle. So him doing that was special. Yeah, my brother is my number one fan. I hesitate to call him my best friend because he's my brother. Yeah, it was, uh, we were like a whole, a whole like the, the things I did, he didn't do like, he went to school more than me, but school was easier for me. I was the one that was really into reading and shit. Like he was the one actually <clears throat> went to school, got himself checked out of a, a bad situation to go to a better school. I was staying at the school I was because I wanted to ditch and sell weed and do all those things. But then he was smoking and drinking, blah, blah, blah. I wasn't really drinking and smoking. I was just selling weed. But I've seen him grow and escape a lot. You know, both, you know, he's, you know, both of his best friends are no longer with us growing up all related to illegal activity and shit. Not all related to, I don't say that. Sorry. Huh, I forgot. Yeah. He's he's just a uh, very strong, blessed young man. Old man now, we're old. And I'm glad we made it to this point. But yeah, this is like him getting into college. Like, it was bad for my brother. I had to move back from the Bay. One of the main reasons I moved back from the Bay to LA was to live with him and make sure he got out of senior year high school, and then I literally drove him to Prairie View A and M and dropped him off, him in his car, and flew back. That's when we saw Bad Boys. I think it was around that time in Texas. He's the one that got me in to lean and and Houston screw music, all that. Man, hold up, RP Cola. I got too much lean in my cup. Man, man, hold up. Man, man, hold up. 
got too much lean in my cup. Hey, hey, hold up. I got too much lean in my cup. Hey, hey, hold up. I got too much lean in my Big Mo, Youngster. Though Young Player is still one of the best albums in hip-hop history, I don't care what anybody says. Man, he got me into all that because, of course, he was, you know, out there. Uh, out, outside, as the children say. Even when he left L.A., he was still outside. If you haven't seen the Ninja Turtles movie, see the Ninja Turtles movie. There's a little interaction where <laughs> there's lots of hip-hop and, like, hood gems in there, Easter eggs. But, oh, man, when Turtles, like, first beat up, have their first, like, successful run against the gangs in New York. And they're like, yeah, I feel like a gangster. I want to go into the bodega and be like, let me get a bacon, egg, and cheese. Yo, Ock, let me get with the bath. Let me get the bacon. And they start going, yeah, yeah, we outside. Hey, I'm a gangster. I got my puff and my Tim's. I need my bacon, egg, and cheese, too. You got the good super fly? Yeah. Bacon, egg, and cheese. Bacon, egg, and cheese. Let me get a bacon, egg, and cheese. Yo, Ock, let me get that bacon, With the bath, with the bath, yeah. We outside. We outside. You heard? It was so now and so annoyingly teenager. It was, but yeah, my brother was outside when he was when he was living in L.A. He was outside. Uh, Newport's weed, cause this, cause that, all the whole, all the whole shebang. But still, half of him like we were raised right, so like he's still trying to go to school and get it done, but. The other half is just like uh, almost unavoidable. Like you were gonna, I was in the streets in another way, like in a creative way. But I was definitely, all, you know, sleeping on couches out to the wee hours of the morning, involved in illegal activity. There is no way you live in the inner city and you're a black man without a father in your house, and sometimes even with a father in your house that you are not, or just with the parents that work full time. There's no way that you're not. The hood will not take you under in some way. I am not better than, I am just, you know, I'm blessed. I don't like to say, look, I am blessed to still be here with as few arrests and uh, and as much breath in my lungs as I have. It is not easy, um, but for the grace of God, me and him are here. So that verse was just a testament to that. And I worry, uh, you know, still to this day about him, just the temperament we have, but he has the size. So if I start flipping out, they're like, oh, the little guy is crazy. If he flips out, somebody wants to shoot him. That's his cross to bear. And, you know, as you know, we live in inner city Los Angeles still. There are fifty year old men still getting shot and killed in these streets, unfortunately. Over sh- bullshit. Which kind of leads to the second verse. Like little homies I would just pick up, like, what are you doing, cuz? Come on, like, let's go. I need to ride here. Take me down here to get a t-shirt. Cause take me to blah, blah, blah. All right, all right, all right, all right. You know, and I'm like, my nigga, like, what is he looking like? Why well, you got, you know, do-rag and blah, blah, blah. And the shirt, half jacket, half on, half off. And like sitting late. They got to get in my car and like lean the seat all the way back, you know? And these are, I had an altercation with one rapper and they caught him slipping. They gave him like, you know, they punked him. They gave him like, these are, these are people that love me. Like I, like, I didn't ask them to. They just, you know, and these are the little homies. Like, I wasn't even talking to them. I was telling their brother, their older brother, like, man, this happened. This, you know, this nigga roll up on me at blah, blah, blah. Said, blah, almost blah, 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 blah. Man, what? You know, like, what? What he did? What? Man. 
And little homies heard him. So like a couple weeks later, little homies like, hey, you know, we seen blah, 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 right? And he like took off, like ran the red light when we pulled up on him at the light. I was like, you just say my name. Nah, 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 nah. I was like, man, just leave him alone, man. He, you know, that's what I, I let him live because I know he's not with the bullshit. You know, he just likes to run his mouth. But so these are the type, like they are down, they love me. So I'm going to take them places and I'm going to try to like speak truth into them. And as I got older, I'm like, man, also like me having you in my passenger seat, shh, that's, that's a whole nother problem because you are active and you are sitting next to me. I'm trying to take you to get some strawberry quick and it might be the end. It might be a wrap for me because they're going to light up your side of the car and I'm, you know, so it's just trying to speak life and truth into into that generation broadly, but really specifically. I'm making songs for people I know because hopefully they'll pick up my album because they know me. Otherwise, they wouldn't listen to this type of shit. But also, like, relevant conscious rap is almost dead. You know what I mean? Like, like we're talking about, like, Common. Like, he's on some electric circus shit. Like, kids ain't, like, kids who need to hear that ain't hearing that. Like, I still ain't heard the Black Star album to this day. Like, I, they wasn't checking for that. One of these uh, kids we we I was I was mentoring since Jesse did this beat. Uh, I don't believe we talked about this on the podcast, but uh, I took took one of them. I think I told it on the on Dad Bob Rap Pop podcast. But I took some kids from my neighborhood, another like younger than this generation. I'm talking about another the next generation of kids. I came back to the block and they were hanging out, and I was like, look. All y'all get together. I hooked them up with with Jesse Shack and thank God he was kind enough to let them record at his house. Knuckle. I didn't realize what knuckleheads they were. The songs they played me that they had were like boom bab songs about girls. Like we're trying to be baby mercies. I was like, cool, man. I got back after a summer of being on tour and these motherfuckers had recorded the trap album of the century over at at my at my Jewish friend Jesse Shackin's house. <laughs> And so I took him, I think it was me and D1, took him to Thai food. And I'm like, yo, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, what what, what, do, you, what do you guys want to do with this record? Like, it's not what I was expecting, blah, blah, blah. And then D1 goes into hit, you know, if you know what he's doing right now, he's always been that way. So he's asking the kids, so, so like, why do you listen to this? What, what, you know, what do you think about this guy? Well, what do you think about Lupe? <laughs> One of the little dudes who I later found out had a, had a burner on him at the, at the Thai food restaurant at Eagle Rock. And at Jesse Shackis, I was bringing... Like, he's like, man, Lupe be talking about too much real shit and don't nobody give a fuck. That's where we were with black men of a higher intellect or deeper thinking black men reaching black youth. So I didn't have any false, uh, like, like hopes that this would make it to that, those people but definitely with Ricky, Risky Business, putting that on the B-side, not only was it the, one of the better songs or better beats, I also felt it was a conscious decision because it's on BET. It kind of, if somebody listens to the single or picks up the, you know, they'll be able to hear this message on the B-side that's directed, aimed straight at my little homies. And if not, at least they would because they were in the Risky Business video. They're going to hear this song and hopefully... It didn't work. Um, shit got really bad after that. We'll, we'll see, as we're here on the three sixteen, Murray's Revenge era. Like shit gets shit gets like when I sound like I got out the hood for a summer with a Warp tour with Sean and a God Loves Ugly tour. I got out of with Atmosphere. 
what I was getting out of the way of was it was it it had um, life changing repercussions for me, especially uh, and everyone there. And I might def not might I definitely would have been a part of whatever. I don't know would that landed me in jail? Would have you know landed me with gunshot wounds or or worse? I don't know. I know I never have to find out. And I tell Sean Daly, thank you all the time. He didn't know that, you know. A lot of a lot of people didn't know that. Like it, even people in Living Legends would be like, "Oh, you know, you're just acting like you're from the hood," and then they would come and see, <laughs> and like, oh, you know, and a couple of them, you know, like you know, were like, "Oh, I thought you was joking." And I think we talked about that. Like it was like you know, like the homies roll up. We be at Roscoe's. The homies roll up. I was with my manager one time in the parking lot. Here, pop, 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 pop. We on Pico and Roscoe's, and I'm like still talking to him. He's looking at me like, why aren't you running? So he starts running. I start to run with him. I'm like, man, I'm not running. And then the whole little homies come around the corner, and my manager and the other dude we were with took off. And I'm like, I was like, tell this nigga this song. And they're like, Merce is good over here. If anything, we shooting at anybody fucking with Merce. Like, you know, but they had just finished getting getting into it over some, like letting him, letting some shit off. So this is the kind of love I have and respect I have amongst. Uh, the the generation coming up under me, and also speaks volumes to the 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 temperature in our in our neighborhood, which I can look back now and see, and I see that I feel like they're doing it in Inglewood, California now, but now Mid City is something totally different. It's this West Adams is a Michelin Red Star restaurant coming in because they let let this situation twenty years ago start to get out of hand and kind of hands offed it and people died, people went to jail. Mothers had to, like I said, you're 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 either bailing your kid out or you're paying your rent. You're bailing your kid out. You're moving to Antelope Valley. You're sending people to live in other places. They purposely, as I can see, it disrupted the black community in Mid City. And now the property values are just rising like nobody's business and nobody except for my grandparents who bought in the 60s or 70s can't afford to stay there. Decimated the black community. And now motherfuckers want to tell me I live in West Adams. I live, man, if you don't stop with that nonsense, mid-city and, uh, man. (sighs) But yeah, this was the beginnings of it. And uh, I was able to dodge it. This was me. The love for that and respect that these young men have for me, I wanted to return in the form of light and hopefully life lessons, but also by being an example. We'll talk about around this time is me and my homeboy come, kind of coming to an agreement. You know, even the, the, the my, I don't say my big homie, but my homies that were really with the bullshit, but still made music. One of my main homies, I, was, I took him to the bay. And, uh, you know, at this time, I'm still having to keep dubbing and pressing up for real tapes manufacturing, marketing, supplying for real good music, Merce Rules the World, Varsity Blues. Like I'm still handling that business while I'm making this album. And so on a run to like sell some merch or sell some, put some units in, uh, cause you know, you go to town, you fuck with the homies and the drive back is cheaper than a Southwest ticket um, at the time. And it's fun to drive up and listen to music. So I took one of the homies with me he saw when I walked into Amoeba and the respect I got and the check I walked out with, he was like, oh, this is, and we almost died on the way back. And I had to drive over into the, like, when you're on the five, you see that dirt 
um, and where one of my homegirls actually, you know, my homies got in an accident, my homegirl passed away. Like that, the dangerous, boom, somebody slammed on the brakes in front of us. We went to the dirt, came back, and he was like, man, you saved my life. Um, but we'll talk more about him later. But then we start coming up with a plan to like start recording these little dudes because they're living the life that these motherfuckers are talking about. That's another thing that's so frustrating to me when I meet these rappers. Like you, I got friends my age, our age, and little homies that are really with this bullshit, bro. And you over here being a whole ass bitch, exploiting their story for profit, but at the same time encouraging and uh, perpetuating this bullshit. Might as well let the little homies get in on it and get them out off the streets because they're making it hot for everybody. If I could get them on a tour, if I could get them in into REL studio, like even then, like I'm plugging them with Jesse Shack and kids from my block. Like I'm getting, get, go out to Eagle Rock, bro. Some of them never been to Highland Park. We weren't allowed to go to Highland Park as a black, as black people without getting shot at. But now you can like get out to Highland Park, go do some hipster shit. I remember when my homie came home, one of these kids eventually ended up getting locked up. And he came home after so many years and we went to the beauty bar on Cahuenga and he just saw a bunch of white people singing N.W.A. for the first time in his life. He was like, man, like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, it's, is it was, uh, oh, the, the, the Tyler song, Lumber Day, is really different. This car really can't max out. Two, four, five hundred stacks for the hood. Call me Lumberjack, cause I wish you never would. This is the face, man, I wish you never Different. It's really different. Catch up, hey, yo, I might study you tall. LA too warm. Getting close to the end. This is um goddamn. Merce, one of a kind, so there's nobody like me. And I guess that's the reason that nobody likes me. Or is it that I don't like anybody else? Can't quite figure it out. So I keep to myself. Too street for the shelter. Underground fan, too intelligent for play on your FM band. So I thought to cross over, but I left them plans. My resolve to do me and do the best I can. And yes, I am aware that most of my fans are white, but I'm loving all scoping and open to what I write. Some might chastise from the side, crack jokes and say I'm not black because I rap for white folks. Man, please. I hear the hate in your voice when you say it, so I'ma keep making music for whoever wants to play it. If I don't go, go, then my people say I flop, but if I I go triple platinum, I'm not hip-hop So I'm damned if I do it, damned if I don't But I got it in my heart, so I'll be damned if I won't Make my dreams come true, my team come true Man, take it how you feel it on the real, it's on you I'm damned if I do it, damned if I don't But I got it in my heart, so I'll be damned if I won't Make my dreams come true, my team come true Man, take it how you feel it on the real, it's on you Man, so many, so many. motherfuckers always be coming up to me I remember where I was when uh, I was listening to this beat on a beat tape. May have been a CD at this point, but I had it. I loved the beat. The like vocal samples in the music as 316 approaches. Was something I always wanted. My aunt played this beat. I had to have it and gave it to me. I wanted to do the right thing with it. I wanted to like yeah knock it out the park I love the beat so much and then finally hit me on a, hit, hopping on the train in New York I could see myself and I, the hook came to me for me I just started writing and try to play off the so many questions 
first verse was uh, about having white fans um, and like walking that line. So what I'm just telling you is like, I'm definitely rooted in LA street culture. Um, but these are my fans and I appreciate being able to go and rap no matter what they look like. And it's, this is very contrary to what I'm talking about on This Is For because it starts to weigh on me after a while. Um, the racism right, exists in our little bubble. But at this point, it's just, it's a breath of fresh air. Being in this bubble is, 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 new, is new air. I'm in rare air right now. I'm making money. My life's not in danger. Getting out of the environment where the stress, so it can't, I can't experience. I'm experiencing PTSD, which is a blessing because I'm not, so I guess, submerged in my trauma and stress. I'm able to, it's able, I'm able to experience PTSD, which is a relief compared to what I, I live with when I'm in my city and in my neighborhood. And being an artist, like a lot of it is perceived threat, but as I just gave you the stats, like, you know, Look to I say, we the last ones left, but life goes on. How many brothers fell victim to the street? Rest in peace, son. There's a heaven for you. Be alive if I told you that I never thought of that. My niggas, we the last ones left. But life goes on. How many brothers fell victim to the street? Rest in peace, young nigga. There's a heaven for you. Be alive if I told you that I never thought of that. My niggas, we the last ones left. Life goes on. How many brothers fell victim to the streets? Like, it's a it's a real thing. But because I don't rap about that, I rap about other things. I have this new thing, but it's a fine line. Like, I could go gold if I rapped the other way. But And then my homies don't think that I'm doing shit. Or not my homies, my, my community. And within the black community and being in black America, I'm not shit because I'm not gold or platinum. That's what they're obsessed with. But if I do, if I do go gold or platinum and receive the respect of my my people then you know my other people because these are my people too my fans uh, my chosen family and my birth family kind of like my my chosen family is going to or the family that chose me is going to think i sold out where does that fit that started thing as i was still you know meeting rappers and meeting like oh, okay you're not really who you say or you should really be rapping like i rap for sure you know, that's how I would be some of these gangsters. I'd be like, oh my God, bro. We could switch places. Then uh, we got to the second verse where it's uh, traveling during this time, during the Bush administration, post 9-11. I believe this is where it comes from. Just like, oh, French people hating, like people hating America and just being frustrated. And I don't think I've voiced it accurately here, but I was you know, whatever, young, just feeling it. And there are not many people to bounce this off. There's not many well-traveled Black Americans, especially in this time that I know in my circle. So I'm going places where no one in my family has been, really. Um, my uncle's been to Germany, like, you know, but just traveling in ways that a lot of my my people who look like me and have my experience are not. And, and also coming from gang culture, I'm like, I'm not, like, I'm American, whether I like it or not. And if I don't like it, I can literally move. A lot of my beef with a lot of um, leftist people were like, just fucking move. You love Cuba so much, bro. Fucking go. The beauty is when I go to Cuba or Egypt or somewhere, a lot of those people can't afford to leave or not allowed to leave. 
haven't been to Cuba yet, but my understanding is that they can't. You can, bro. You could throw it all away and, and just not come back. Why be here and make posts about it and do absolutely nothing? Or why assume, like, we as Black people are so very sensitive about appropriation. Why do you assume to know so much about a conflict that you are not firsthand witness to? You are just reading. Like, if you were to read what the American media put out during the civil rights era or about the Black Panthers and make a decision as a white person or as an as a, as a Indian person reading about the Black Panthers of America, you wouldn't know the truth. And maybe media's gotten transparent, but maybe it hasn't. Like, social media is manipulated. Like, as I said on the hook for brotherly love, which you didn't talk about, I really like a lot. It's like, you know, like, you just don't know. Like, open up, you know, to to be wrong. Open up. I'm not the hook, but the part where it's just like, you know nothing. Like, knowing nothing, knowing that you know nothing and being willing to learn and listen goes a long way. When you firm an opinion, that's great. But when you have such strong convictions and they're not backed by action and it's just armchair activism, it's extremely frustrating. Extremely frustrating. So yeah, during the Bush era, I was like, I was like, man, like I'm like only so much I'm about to take, like of of anti-American sentiment, bro. Like I always feel as if like when you are France or or Spain and like you've had wars within Spain where everyone looks the same, like you have this homogenous people where you all basically are the same and you all can't get along, how the fuck are you judging a country where it really is a salad bowl, melting pot, refugees, um, openly openly queer, L- you know, LGBTQIA plus uh, people, freedom of religion, freedom of press. Like there's so many freedoms, so many guns. Like we're dealing with a high level social science over here and you're sitting at your cafe, judging. There's a lot to figure out. So it just pissed me off when I would travel when motherfuckers would be shitting on America or I do press and they'd be shitting on America. Like, yeah, fuck George Bush. But also that has nothing to do with me, bro. If you think that I as a black person in America have control or that these 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 politicians speak for me, no. But what I am in here, I'm in here in the name of hip hop and I'm willing to hear what you're going through and how we can unify on some common issues and maybe move forward as as human beings. But I'm not here for like slander and like finger pointing because you're, you know, if we pull back the covers on France, like it's, it's not perfect either. It hasn't been for years. You want to talk about your colonization of Africa, the artifacts that are sitting in the Louvre that don't even fucking belong to you, that you're charging people to, come on, bro, let's not play. Um, women in hijab can't even visit the fucking Louvre? Like, are you fucking kidding me? Under the legislation, women refusing to take the niqab off will be fined nearly $200 and may even be forced to take classes in how to be a good citizen. Even more provocative is a separate offence of inciting to hide the face in which anyone convicted of making a woman wear the veil could go to prison. Like, there's so much. We're all fucked up. And 
that's something I understood for a very, I don't think I've voiced it very well in the second verse because it's implicating people and, and who, who bombed what and who whatever. I don't even like to get into that conversation anymore, but this is very early in that conversation and I had very strong feelings about because still having to fly, you know, I'm speaking from also from a place of fear, but yeah, and, but armchair activists or like these conscious rappers who have no real friends in the hood. All your friends are college educated black folks and this is your movement and, or or you're not even college educated. You're uh, so hood and pro-black, but every time I see you, you're sharing a blunt with a white girl backstage. Like, it's just weird, man. When you wear your politics on your sleeve and you're not actually living with it, you know, seeing motherfuckers, you know, talk about destroying the government and pull out a black card at Starbucks. Yeah, man. Some weird, real fucking weirdos in this world, man. And this is me just trying to trying to speak speak to that uh, frustration I was feeling. Yeah, for better or worse, like just that's gang culture. Like for better or worse, I'm American. It's where I'm at. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, we're we're working on it. I'm working on it. Um, and my thing is like, yeah, well, do we lead by example or do we create a a, a head? a figurehead again to be assassinated or, you know, assassinate their character. To, now they, they'll, they'll, they'll cancel them. But I was just in Egypt. And it's weird going to the JW Marriott, which I, he believe is American male, and seeing eight flags out in front, Germany, the European Union, the Egyptian flag, a Korean flag, and no American flag at the American hotel. I didn't see one American flag except for the American school. Motherfuckers aren't fond of us. And if you're not fond of us, but you're living here, move, become an expat. Because whatever's coming to America is coming to America. It's not going to say, oh, well, they posted favorable things about my country. We're not going to, when, whenever happens, happens here. If we're attacked, if and when we're ever attacked, it's, it's happening to all of us. So if you have such a problem with the po policies and whatever, then leave. I don't know if we're going to be able to change things. I don't know how much control we have over the government unless we're going to really take to the streets and revolt. And that's a whole nother conversation. A lot of people that are for re revolt and things like that haven't seen body drop, haven't seen someone be shot, haven't had to shoot at anybody, haven't like, there's a lot to consider when talking revolution. But I'm open to all conversations about what can actually be done aside from posting and lip service. I'm so sick of it. I don't care what books you've read. I don't I don't care what news feed you follow. Like for me, I'm like leading by example. That's how my family got through the civil rights movement was providing jobs for and services to our community and continuing to do so. Even when the community that we now serve doesn't look like us. Serving the community you're in, being of service. How can I be of service? Travel, visit these. I, I saw one LGBTQIA plus, uh, oh, I'm getting it right, uh, group that actually went to Israel or Palestine to near as Gaza they could get. Because everyone say, well, if you're, they hate homosexuals, they hate. And so they went and they flew their LGBT, their flag. And they were received with open arms and they helped. They bandaged, they fed, they helped. How can you help? 
as a father of four, I do what I can and I don't need to list out what I do. But also I've been trying to rap about peace and make peace and, and you know, when we start paying dues, the Habitat for Humane, like I've been trying to give back as much as possible and trying to perfect that and listen to where the needs are of humanity and give there as long as still trying to make music that isn't as harmful and is, is helpful, putting our helpful art into the world. That's all I could ask of you. I don't care if we disagree on anything. What are we doing for the future? What are we doing for the common good? Because as much as you think that you're at odds or someone has a different political opinion, there is some common ground. I, 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 I believe that wholeheartedly. How can, and if not, how can you be a service to your side? Propaganda and, and online social media politics and lip service and books are only so much. As, as making good music is only so much. What else can we do? How else can you be of service to your cause? Get out and be of service. Agree or disagree, I respect that. That's what the second verse, if I could redo it, I guess I'd say something like that, which is still controversial and I might get some backlash. Look, I'm not your average rapper talking shit about the government. It's not that I'm loving it. It's where I live. They talk about the place where I want to raise my kids. I don't know what everybody seems to think this is. It ain't a game. There is no way they want America crushed. If you don't like Bush, you still die with us. Trust I haven't forgotten about the schemes they've been plotting. On my people for centuries, I know that eventually we'll be on top. So what they fighting overseas? Hell, they fighting on my block. The black sheep of America's family. We are the block. Getting led to the slaughter. Have to work twice as hard to keep our head above water. And God forbid we start to rise through positive means. They'll send out a whole black operative team. Every time a black leader steps up, he gets trampled. Do I start making speeches or just lead by example? I'm damned if I do it. Damned if I don't. The third verse is talking about coming to like a new financial level wanting to get paid for shows, seeing how that I'm actually a draw now and still getting shit on when it comes time to break up the pie at the end of the night. This album right here, I probably won't see royalties for two years, but shit, I'm a straight up hustler. Ain't nothing queer in this. Oops, I shouldn't have said that, cause it pisses off my publicist. I don't give a fuck, cause this is one man's view, and with this mic, I'm a show what one man can do. I'm a hustler, motherfucker, like this world has never seen. Cause sell chloroform to a room of evergreens. Toured around the globe with my legendary team, so I shouldn't have to beg to get a G a show. 500 people pay 10 bucks, then where does it go? And the Promoters pocket. That ain't how it's supposed to be Nobody paid to see him They paid to see me I'm not a fool of myself Arrogant MC I'm only asking for a fifth of measly 20% I'm not trying to get over I'm just trying to pay rent Right now I want to thank y'all for letting me vent And I'ma catch you next show at the bar getting bent Notice I was my heart in every word I meant Presenting it to y'all with the sincerest intent Thank you just getting into merch, just getting a booking agent. Uh, and that's what I wish I had back then as I uh, talked to my booking agent of this, 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 she's, I sent her my, you know, the roughs of the new album and she, she never got back to me. And I was like, do you hate it? Like, it's been two months. What the fuck? She was like, I would tell you if I hate it. He's like, that's the point of being a friend. I'm your friend. It's been like, we've been working with each other for 15 years at least. And uh, I would tell you, as much as I'd hate to tell you, I would tell you. I was like, whew, number one. And number two, it's good to have friends like that. I wish I had friends like that when I listened to some of these songs that were like, eh, 
Maybe not so much the song. Maybe not that so much. And that's what I needed. I needed honesty and friendship uh, for people. To, but I don't think anybody I was around had the perspective to produce, actually produce this record in that way. But I would have liked that help. But yeah, getting a booking agent kind of solved the problem of talking about Thurverse, and I didn't get royalties for about two years. I was right about that. Talking to one of my friends to, at he used to work on one of the labels I signed to. He was like, to this day, no one has come in and understood the contract the way you did without a lawyer. Even people's lawyers don't understand it. I was very, knock on wood, um, not to my own horn, but I've stated like a business more so than music. So I read my contracts and I came back with questions before I signed to whoever. And we'll get into that as we get into Def Jug, Strange Music, Duck Down, Rhyme Series, all these things. But so I, I was right about that. And uh, I was wrong about using queer, and uh, that was a whole other battle with my publicist, um, my homophobic slurs and everything she was not against, she was not for, so I lost my publicist after this record. I also didn't believe that my album should be able to be reviewed. I didn't want reviews, I didn't want to do interviews, I didn't want to do press, because I knew my nature. I would want to slap somebody, beat the shit out of them for a bad review. I always, I was raised that if you have nothing, if you don't have anything good to say, don't say anything at all. You say something that offends me, I feel like I have the right to punch you in the face. I didn't come to an understanding that I don't have that right until later in life. But at this point, I'm taking your head off. And then there was a dude who wanted to write a article, I believe it. Um, I'm going to say his name. Wrote an unfavorable review about people under the stairs. And it was unfounded. It was like you didn't even listen to the record to me, the way he was dissing this and, and double. And these are my homies, too. And I'm like, man, awesome. you know. I wanted to sock his ass up, but I was like, that's not right. But definitely he can't review my album. So I told my, I was like, don't send it to him. Even if he wants to give it a favorable review, I don't value his opinion. I don't want him reviewing my record. I do not want to be interviewed. Like that's all I was like, I was, I'm taking the high road. Like I want to beat him up in this for the sake of my homies, but I'm not because that's stupid. But it to me by the same logic, like why would I want this person to review my record? He doesn't have the right to review my music. It's my music. Well, if I send it to him, he has the right to reveal. I was like, well, don't send it to him. Well, everyone's on my list. Well, fuck your list. And it just got to that point where it got it got really, really, really staticky. But years later, I wasn't in a place to receive that using homophobic slurs were, was, were, was incorrect, which led me to do animal style. Like in my apology for being an idiot for so many years, because she was right about that. I couldn't just make an apology. I couldn't make a song like, yeah, I'm in a video and I kissed a man to make that like to me to to show that I am an advocate, to show that I had learned like it was something for me I felt I had to do because I had done so much damage with comments like I make on this song and just using that word. And, you know, I never had anything against anyone being being gay. But that makes sense. Like, oh, I don't, I'm never a racist. I use the N word, but I'm not. No, but, you know. Um, was I violently homophobic? No. Was I passively homophobic and very ignorant? Yes. Is one better than the other? That's not for me to decide. All it is for me to apologize and try to make amends and corrections. And I've been living in that space, being an advocate in my mentorship, in my, you know, just being a safe space, being a, a collaborator, an uplifter, whenever I can for that community. Because it's the right thing to do, and also I have a lot to me to make up for. Done deal. Last song. 
and it's a done deal. Let's have a little fun, cause the movement don't stop till the rising sun. It's a done deal. Do it till it's done, cause the movement don't stop till the rising sun. It's a done deal. Let's have a little fun, cause the movement don't stop till the rising sun. I'm talking done deal. Close case, ain't no time for looking back on the road you take. You gotta claim your spot, nobody holds your place. Ain't no time to bitch about time you chose to waste. You gotta mold your fate, hold your weight. All my people send wide to the golden gate. Who know this rap about the greed and the gold is fake? How we all supposed to eat when they want the whole cake? Niggas want all the dough and never learn to bake. So they rise too fast and they burn the plate. But I'm concerned with fate and watch the turns I take. Know the world is affected by the moves you make. So I ain't gotta stop moving just to prove you fake. Just spit these real raps to get this real estate. So I can steal your fan base and steal your date. Won't have a soulmate until I meet my soulmate. It's a, a done deal. Do it till it's done, cause the movement don't Tom Mumford. Tom Mumford is dope. Mum's the word we So dope. This beat is still fucking dope, man. He's a great lawyer now, but he's a legal beagle. He brews beer, but man, his first talent. I'm sure he's a great husband and father, but geez, Louise, this beat slaps. Thank you so much, Todd. I believe we recorded this here. Um, done deal is a line that uh, Young Mouth said a lot on that lunatic music album, Done Deal. Done Deal. Um, one of my favorite rappers, uh, song Revelations, that's on the tape. Cassette version of the Loonies is one of the best songs ever made. An autobiographical song. I know it by heart. This is hell, motherfucker. All my life it's like I'm fucking around with the wrong people Make a movie about my life, it'll be a long sequel About people living off freebies and brick cheese right. That's how that shit bees Out here you have to grind and get G's No Bentley flipping unless your name is Felix Mitch and listen But yeah, I wanted to do something with Done Deal Album is done My relationship was done, I'm still rapping about that Still not done rapping with Scare Me Eli We got a few songs I stopped writing and recording a while ago, but I did write and record some 3MG songs that exist somewhere. They are busy with Living Legends. No time to finish those up. Eli doesn't have the time. He's a dad. But yeah, whenever they get those out, they get those out. But yeah, we got three or four, I think three or four songs that uh, haven't come out. But uh, yeah, done deal. 3MG would have loved to do a whole album and tour. <sighs> more uh, more albums and tour with them. Uh Love that hook. Love that song. I think it's dope. I got to write the hook for a 3MG song. I think it works. I got to pick the beat. I think it works. I'm growing with my ear, with my talents, um, sharing the spotlight, structuring songs, uh, the end of the beginning. I was ready, um, but did I knew or not to make what people view as a classic. I haven't listened to 316 in a long time, so it'll be interesting to go back and put some honest ears on it. But lots of stories, lots of changing. But I can see now, like, yeah, like I had done the thing, especially I think we I structured this album as like what was happening, like the newer songs and the better songs are towards the end. I think there are 14 salvageable songs on this album, which makes a solid album to me. I'm obsessed with that. I think the number 14. But yeah, we could have done without uh, the scuffle, could have done without the dance, could have done without death cover, could have done without... Um, that's it. I would I would keep sore losers, but we could you know kind of not do a sewer sore losers like cut, chop those down. It doesn't need to be an eighteen song album. And the next album is ten songs, nine in the intro. If you ask, depending on who you ask. Love you. Thank you for your time. Have a good one. I'll see y'all soon. Thanks for listening to the Best Rapper in L.A. podcast. Make sure you subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing on Spotify, Apple, wherever it is. If you like the show, leave a review on Apple Music or Spotify. 
And to support the podcast directly, go to patreon.com slash M-U-R-S 316, Merce 316. See y'all next week. Peace. Peace.